0: Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirman My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now in Masachat Shabbat of Chav Gimel Amud Aleph. Continuing with our analysis of the laws of Ner Chanukah. Amar Rav Sheshet, Achsanai Chayav B'ner That means that a guest is liable and obligated to light Ner Chanukah. Amar Reishke, Avena BeRav. When originally I was a student in Rav yeshiva... Probably just means a a generic term for a student, and I was away from home. I would share in the cost of oil by giving some coins behind the uspiza with my landlord. I mean, he was uh, staying in a room in somebody's house. Once I got married, I reasoned to myself that I certainly do not have to do so anymore because there is certainly lighting for me in my house. Meaning, he was married. He left home for a while to study. And over Hanukkah assumed that his wife was lighting back at home. And he didn't need to. I'm a Shabbat lady. All oils work well for a This is Ner Shabbat. and And we're going to see um, echoes of this in the next Mishnah in a little while. Uh, and um, and the best is olive oil. am Rabbi. says that Rabbi used to first originally, go after sesame oil. Why? It lasts longer. When he heard this quote, he went after olive oil. He says he reasoned that uh it had a clearer light. In a parallel statement, all oils are good for ink. The way that they would evidently do it is that they would take oil to mash in the... uh the dye that would make the ink, and any kind of oil is good for that. Again, olive oil is the best. Meaning, is this talking about the use of oil to mix it in or to smoke the, the dye in? So, that they are all good for that, but olive oil is best. For either kind. He had a different version. He had it specifically as smoking. All rosin is good for ink. Balsam is the best one. very famous piece. Rav said that when you light Ner you have to make a bracha. He's not necessarily disagreeing, but he's saying if you see a Ner Chanukah, you have to make the Bracha. I'm Rav Yehuda. So Rav Yehuda puts this together and says, Yom Rishon, the first day time, if you only see Ner Chanukah and are not lighting, you make two Brachot. Because besides the Bracha that you make when you see Ner Chanukah, you make the Bracha when on Shachiano for the first time that year that you're celebrating Chanukah. Now, critical to understand, is that Rav is not saying that whatever bracha Rav says you make when you light, you also make when you see. It's clearly a different bracha. Therefore Rav Yehuda says, when you light, you say three. The one that you say because you're lighting, the one that you say because you're seeing, and Shekhyanu. After the first night, it goes down by one. If you light candles, you say two. If you see them, you say one. What's the one you cut out? Obviously Why don't we cut out Neis? And it seems to be operating on the assumption that the Neis really is something that happened on the day that we're celebrating Chanukah, and the rest of the week is just a continued celebration. The answer is nice kol with the focus, as the Gemara already developed, of the nes pachashemen. So it's a miracle every day. My Varech, what's the bracha? And there's several nuschaot to this. The version we have here is mevarach hashem lahadlik ner shel Chanukah. There's also a version, Lahadlik Ner Chanukah. There's also a version, Lahadlik Ner Shel Chanukah, where those two words are one word. There's also a, uh, a version in the Ushalmi, uh, which is Al Zekenim. Uh, we'll see what the rationale for that is here. But in the Babli, only this version is brought with different, several different variations on it. And the question is, Where did God ever command us to light Nerchanukah after? Hanukkah happened well after the giving of the Torah. Milot asur, from the prohibition of deviating against the rules of the Beit Din HaGadol. Beit Din HaGadol decided we have to light Nerchanukah. Therefore, Torah commands us not to deviate from that. Yamar from the positive commandment to uh, to follow our ancestors in what they teach us. Meti, Rav challenges the whole notion that we would make a bracha and a mitzvah, mitzvah de Rabbanan hadmai. now Dmai, we spoke about this in Brachot, Dmai is food, a produce which is purchased in Eretz Yisrael from an Am Haaretz who claims that he separated Shumot to but we're not so sure. So therefore we have to separate it ourselves. You can use it for an eruv, even though it's T'may. You can use it for you make a bracha on it. You can include the person in B'Rkat Mazon and he himself benches. None of this is true, by the way, of non-kosher food or Tevel. You can separate Dubai, even if you're not clad. And that's the point here. And you can also do it B'Nash meaning before it's vaday Shabbat that's the Mishnah. If you're if it's the case is that anytime you're doing any tsva you have to make a bracha. Because of Lotasur, Acha Kikai if you're standing naked, you can't make the bracha. The Torah demands that you can't be holy. The is there, and that's not the case when you're naked. So it's clear that you do not make a bracha on dmai so we have to distinguish between in Chanuka. So Amar Ba'e to so, the Dvraham by So or The Ba'e distinguishes as follows: Neir is a Vaday, meaning there is a clear command, not born out of any sort of doubt, but a new celebration that needs a Bracha. But when you're doing something the Rabbis commanded to erase doubt, that doesn't need a Bracha. But is that really true? Vayom Tov Sheni, the second day of the holiday that we celebrate outside of Israel. It's a safek that's commanded by the rabbis. Ubayi and we make all the brachot on the second day like the first day. The answer is that they did that in order to make sure that you would not degrade or treat lightly the second day. Say, oh, there's no brachot, it's not so important. So, therefore, that's the distinction. Rav Amar has a different take in which he says, Demai is not a question because this is Rav Ashita throughout that, generally, ameharits do separate, and the safek of dmai is a very, very distant safek, very unlikely safek, and therefore there's no bracha mandated. Okay. Amoravuna. Chatzer Shieshla If you have a, um, a, uh, courtyard that has two different entrances to it, Shichash Chashte you have to have a Nair at each entrance. Amar Rava, so Rava said, That's only if the two entrances are on two different sides, meaning on, uh, on one street and then on a side, a side street. If they're both on the same side, coming from the same street, you don't need it. Now, my Tama, what's the reasoning behind all of this? If it's because we're concerned that somebody on the outside will suspect that we are not properly lighting Ner Chanukah, then, the man Who's chashad? If you think it's people from the outside world who happen to be passing through and don't live in our neighborhood and don't know who lives where, then you should need it even if both entrances are on one side, on one street, because they won't know that both entrances go into the same chatzer. They'll see an entrance without an archanukah. They'll think people in there are not religious. Uh, if it's the suspicion of people who live in the town you shouldn't need it even if your entrances are on two different sides because they know that those two entrances go to the same chatzer. So the answer is it's really because of the people in the city. Sometimes they'll walk on this side and they won't walk on that side. And they'll say to themselves just like this guy's not lighting over here, he's not lighting over there and he's not lighting at all. But Since when do we have a, a an axiom that we have to be concerned about other people's suspicion of our religiosity that we have to enforce this rule? And the answer is we do. We have the following b'rita about peah. There's four reasons that the Torah commanded us that the peace given to the poor from the stalks be given at the corner of the field. One, we'll see what all these mean, stealing from the poor. Wasting their time. Because of suspicion. Because the Torah says, don't cut the corner. Now, let's go through them. What's that? The Balabayit will find an an hour which is sort of vacant, meaning nobody else is around. Because the reality that we would have is that Peah would only be designated by the Balabayit whenever he designated it. So he would wait around till no anim were there. And then he would call his cousin, who's poor, over and say, oh, that was payah. And he would all go to him. And that the anim shouldn't have to waste their time sitting around waiting for him to designate Peya at a particular point in the field. This way it's in the corner. We know where it is. Because of suspicion, because of suspicion, and the suspicion is that people should not pass by and say, Cursed is the man who doesn't leave Payah." This way you leave it in the corner. Everybody knows where it is. It's right there on the outside corner. If it's somewhere in the middle of your field, people will think you're not leaving it. So you see that the Torah mandated putting it on the outside of your field in order that nobody will suspect you of violating the law. <speaking in Hebrew> because the Torah said, don't cut the corner. That's the generic answer for all of them. The answer is, Amarav In other words, to prevent deceptive people who will say, oh, I left it over there and they really left, didn't leave it at all and whoever you claim it should be, they'll say they left it somewhere else. Okay. i Yitzchak Huna. shnei adam. If you have a Nair that has two holes, meaning you have a, a, uh, a candle, a, a candle labrum that has two openings in it, and so there's a wick coming out of each one, then that counts for two people. So for instance, if you're doing Mahadrin, and you have, then they wrote pro the number of people in the house, then that will work for you to cover all of them. I'm a So then rava picks up on that and says, Let's say you took a bowl and you filled a bowl with oil and you put a bunch of of uh, wicks in it the floating in the bowl, kafal cle and then you turned and put a kli on top of it with holes and the wicks were coming out of the multiple holes. Well all the coming then it counts for as many wicks as there are. That's how many people it counts for. Lo le'akli, but if you didn't put a kli on top, Asakumi Madura, then the whole thing's like a bonfire. I feel a khanami and all that doesn't even count for one person. Okay, amarala, Pshitali, And it's interesting to look at the Rambam's take on this at the very end of Sefer Zmanim. If you only have enough money to buy oil for Ner Shabbat or an oil for Ner Hanukkah, you buy Ner Shabbat. Because Ner Shabbat is about keeping peace in the house. That's most important. If it's Ner Shabbat and Kiddush, so Ner Beito Adif again. So now the two losers, as it were, are going to play the consolation game, which is, by Rav. What if you only have enough money? You have enough money for Ner Shabbat, and now you've got a little bit left over, and you could either spend it on wine for Kiddush, or on oil for Ner Hanukkah. What do you do? Kiddush is more frequent, and frequency has a ranking in Halachad. Maybe Ner Hanukkah is more critical because of publicizing the miracle. The answer is, after he asked the question, he answered it himself. So the ranking is, Shabbat, Chanukah, Kiddush. Okay, Amar we'll end this piece, with uh, some interesting agadot about nerota. If Somebody is accustomed to having Nerota for Shabbat. He'll have sons who are scholars. One way of understanding this also would be that in the ancient times, if you had they wrote, that means that there was reading and studying going on at night, and in other homes people were just going to sleep, so he would have scholarly sons. Hazahir if you're careful a lot mitzvah you will merit to have a beautiful apartment or house. Hazahir if you're careful a lot you'll have nice clothes. Hazir Bikidushayom, if you're careful about the mitzvah, kidu isocha to fill barrels of wine. Rabbi Avin Nagara. He used to go past this particular rabbi's house um, and uh, and teach in front of the house. He saw that he had lots of nerot. Our Two big scholars are going to come from this house. And indeed, Rav Idi Vrav There you go. Used to go past the in laws of Rav Shizvi. He said, they, I, I see a lot of candles. A Great man will come here, come from here. So Rav Shizvi indeed came from that household. To be to the Rav Yosef, so Rav Yosef's wife, she would light Ner Shabbat very late on Friday. Amrav um, Yosef. Yosef said, Tanya, he quotes the pasuk about the cloud that led Bnei Israel. In the Midbar, that the cloud by day and the fire by night would never cease. What does that mean? They overlapped, meaning before the cloud would dissipate, the fire was already there, and vice versa. Now, so therefore, she understood that she shouldn't wait till the day is over to light a candle, but to do it earlier like Duma, so she thought to light much earlier. a particular old man told her, Tanino that you shouldn't make it too late or too early right on time. Amarava, so then we end with this piece to Rachim Rabbanan Banim Rabbanan. If somebody loves the rabbis, then he will have sons who are rabbis. Rabbanan, if he cherishes the rabbis, Havale Hatnavata Rabbanan, he'll have sons in law who are rabbis. And all of the rabbis then, who goof from Rabban, he himself, will become a shliach beitin. If that's not possible, meaning he's not fit for it, at least he will be attended to and listened to like a shliach betin. Okay. We'll pause at this point, we'll pick it up with the last podcast in this particular section, beginning with our study of Shev and Srifah. In the meantime, it should have a wonderful day.